Welcome to Talk Story, a podcast for the pilots of Hawaiian Airlines. I'm Block 4 Rep and Secretary Treasurer, uh, First Officer Sean Lee. Uh, joined today by FO uh, Ethan Pearson Pomerantz doing, on John? the negotiating committee. Yeah. A lot of buzz out there today. <laughs> As you heard last week, we had uh, Larry and Doug on the show. We talked vaguely about the TA, but now we're getting into the nitty gritty of it. Lots of uh, questions we hear on the liner about the new scheduling language, the new uh, reserve system, differences between cargo and passenger reserve systems. So let's dig right into it and tell me about when you negotiated this TA, uh, what what triggered the entire rewrite of the scheduling language? So the goal, last contract in 2017, was to redo the entire scheduling section. It was parts of it were very inefficient, didn't really work well with how the operation ran now. I, I don't want to step on any toes or anything like that, but I, I often joke that like the daily flight schedule comes from a time we had steamships running. Like, <laughs> we were a steamship airline. Sure. Uh, you're just going to show up and go do something that day. Don't know what, but you're working that day. So it, it needed a rewrite. Um, in 2017, we had a lot of other stuff to focus on and we just never really got to it. So my personal goal coming in this time around was to get the scheduling at least modernized, if not redone, to better fit the world we're in today. And I, th- I think we were very successful in actually doing that. At its core, the system that we had and we operate under until the new contract comes into place is a once-a-day process. So everything hinges around the daily flight schedule, the big document that basically decrees what every single pilot's going to do the next day. It works, but it isn't very flexible. There's a lot of things that could be done technology, automation-wise by the company, and they just can't do it because of how the language is. So the attempt here, and I think we've done it, is to move to a rolling 24-hour scheduling system where instead of everything gets processed somewhere between 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. by a scheduler, and that is what's happening the next day, and all the interactions have to do with that. You can't pick up open time after 9 a.m. You have to call in well before 9 a.m. Uh, when basically the system freezes and nothing can happen until they, they, they get the DFS out. With this new world, everything is based on the report time minus some number of hours, depending on what the thing is. And uh, different things have different values, uh, but it allows a constantly rolling schedule that is based on each individual departure's report. We go from, I don't know, 1980s, 1970s paper scheduling to kicking and screaming into the 21st century. Uh, it's a, it's, it's it, kind of a model of a more modern airline. Would it you may agree? be generous to say 21st century. Let's, let's at least say 20th uh, century. The 1990s. And, yeah. yeah. I think, no, I think, I think we'll get there. I think, um, I think this language that we have and the processes that we have certainly lay the groundwork to move forward to, to get where we want to get. And so for the people who haven't read the summary, and that's available on the uh, Halamacy website and in your email, if you haven't read the summary, uh, take a look at it because it, it dives fairly deep into uh, scheduling changes. Just give us the, the big major changes up at the top. I think uh, for the large percentage of our pilot group that's moving up into new categories and maybe junior, um, reserve is a big deal now. Uh, reserve changes polled very highly in the data, and I'm sure as an MEC member, you heard from a lot of pilots about improvements to reserve. Uh, I think there the big idea is that we have short call and long call now instead of just everybody being on a short call wrap. Uh, at least 30% of every category will be on long call reserve, and our long call is uh, 14 hours. 
uh, they can notify you all the way out to 24 hours. So hopefully you get more notice than 14. Uh, our long call reserve, just because of the nature of our operation on the passenger side, the, the freight long call is its own thing. That's the 20 hours. Um, and there's no changes from the original freight language, uh, as far as long call goes, but for passenger side, 14 hours candidly is not enough to have somebody live on the mainland and commute in. I mean, mm -hmm. you may get lucky every once in a while and be able to make an assignment within 14 hours from a, a West coast place, but it's really designed for outer island and just improved quality of life uh, living on Oahu even. It's a different mindset being on long call than a short call because you don't have a wrap. It's not, well, for these next eight hours, these 12 hours, whatever it is, I am tied to my phone. It's my entire life. I am basically tied to my phone when I am on long call. Uh, and you've got that, that time window to get back to scheduling and acknowledge the assignment. Um, it is definitely a little different. It's, it's not that you turn do not disturb off at 5 a.m. when you go on, it's your phones basically do not disturb except for scheduling all night long, <laughs> which is a little depressing maybe sometimes, but it gives people a lot more flexibility and freedom. The, the other big change with short call is not having to call in the day prior uh, to get an assignment or see if they have anything for you. So oh, okay. they really are only contacting you during your wrap. So what that really means is because in general, when you're in a block of reserve days, you're doing a 12 hours of a wrap and then 12 hours of rest and then 12 hours of wrap. Because of that 14 hour, they can start notifying you only inside of 14 hours. They can kind of, if they need to, you at the very start of your wrap the next day to report for an assignment, they can only get you in the last two hours of your wrap the previous day uh, to notify you that, hey, tomorrow you're going to be doing this. Uh, otherwise, they got to wait till you, you start your wrap the next morning. Okay. So okay. that's a little bit of a change where this, this like call between two 30 and four 30 thing and see, Oh, what am I, what am I right. doing tomorrow? No more calling them. Yeah. They exactly. call you if they want to change your wrap for the next day. Exactly. And on that note, um, a little bit out of the scheduling world, but in the, uh, the, the bidding of months world, uh, with biddable wraps for short call, you have an early mid and late start time. So you'll be able to see in the bid packet, hey, earlies this month are 4 a.m., mids are uh, 9 a.m., and lates are noon starts. In seniority, they'll award that. So at least you know the first day of your wrap, if you're commuting in, the first day of a block, rather, the first wrap in your block, uh, that's going to be your start. You don't have to be there any earlier than that. They can, of course, change that for the rest of the days in that block of reserve days. So if you're doing a four-on something off, four-on all month long, at least that first of the four days, you know, this is what you'll be you doing. You can commute in. You yeah, exactly. Late, commute in, start it. And then they may call you and say, okay, you're not doing, say you right. did earlies and or lates is a good example. You have noon starts. They could let you know during your wrap on the first day. Oh no, actually you're at 10 a.m. tomorrow, not right. noon. But, but you're there. It helps with the commute. You're already right. there. Exactly. If, especially if you're like me and you bid everything in a row, start off late. You're likely to keep it late, but who knows? They can change it for anything. And we did not change that. You can still bid 18 days of reserve in a row. Mm -hmm. um, we're one of the only properties that allows somebody to, to put all their reserve days together and just take the 30 and 7s wherever the company can fit them in. I was talking to my uh, American Airlines pilot. She's like, yeah, you have to build your own 30 and 7s in, and that that eats into your days off ultimately because you have random days off in the middle of your Yeah, they might not uh, actually reserve. want. Yeah. And uh, so with your own 30 and seven, you can, or with, with the company having the responsibility to assign 30 and seven, it just makes your life a little bit easier. Uh, so that's the passenger side. The cargo side doesn't change from what was agreed to in that exactly. LOA. It's exactly. a 20 hour to 
the base or 12 hour to your gateway city, right? Yeah. And there's no short call reserve. The lines, the short call reserves are built into groupings. So you'll, you'll bid them during the PBS process as part of a group. Probably one of the biggest improvements to reserve is the idea of a reserve dashboard. Uh, really helps on the transparency side. So we'll have either via an app or probably on SharePoint somewhere or something. But the idea is that it is updated automatically. It's not just a printed document uh, that will be showing every reserve pilot and what they're doing. So are they off? Are they assigned long call, short call? Are they on a 30 and 7? Uh, how many days they have left in their reserve block? how many um, hours they've flown in that month, things like that. Uh, are they out flying? Do they have a fly me preference? So we talked about that, the, the idea that you can go into your calendar and say, I want to fly on these days, and you move up, up in bucket priority. So you can elect, hey, if I want to fly, you can opt in to fly me. Specific days too, not just in general. So if you know, I'll use your example. If you've got a, a symphony in Honolulu, you really want to go to that night, but you're on reserve, it's sort of a gamble. You can not fly me that day right. and hope that they don't use you. Whereas if you're on a reserve day and there's nothing going on here and the weather's forecast to be junk, no reason sure. to stick around Honolulu. Fly yeah. Fly me, me. Now, send me someplace. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Later. Send me to sunny Oakland, California oh. or something. Okay. So that's the reserve side. What about the uh, bid line pilots? Uh, we have a lot of improvement in, in bid run pilots. Yeah. I think most of the improvements in the scheduling section are all about flexibility. And again, that was something that pulled really highly for, uh, for pilots. Um, the ability, uh, you know, the caps are gone. So you basically no once more caps, no more bank in month, in month. So uh -huh. the bid process, you still have your cap. We've talked about ALV being the new sort of average line value system as opposed to trying to hit some magic number. But, uh, in month, um, the caps are gone. So fly what you want and get paid for it in that month. Uh, obviously, FA, FAR restrictions still apply. You can only fly so much. But uh, as far as credit caps go, yeah, that's gone now. The flip side of that that I think we were able to do because the caps have been removed is pilots can drop down much farther now. So you can swap with open time all the way down to 50 hours and you can trade with another pilot, like a one-way trade or trade value, uh, all the way down to 37 and a half hours. So you can just straight drop all the way down to 50. If there is if there's coverage if the available, are green. if the grid is green, you can drop all the way down to 50 All the way hours. down to 50. Yeah. That also affects your guarantee though, right? It does, yeah. Right, so, so if, I, if I'm down to 50, I get paid 50. You get paid 50, exactly. Right. You mentioned ALV, which is uh, uh, average line value, and that's a new way of calculating the minimum monthly guarantee. Let's dig into that a little bit. Instead of having an absolute floor of 75 hours, it's a variable floor and a sure. valuable ceiling. It's more on the bidding side, like monthly bidding than the scheduling side that it comes into play. But the ALV, which is what many other airlines use, gives the company a way of more accurately forecasting how much productivity they can get out of the pilots and then nudging it to that number using PBS. So instead of just saying, well, the windows between 75 hours and in a non-flex month, 90 hours, and then some people are gonna oversked to 100 hours. Um, and that's gonna give us an average of we think 83.2 out, whatever it is. This way they can set a value and say, we want an average line value in this category of 83 and a half hours. And then they can move basically the thresholds of what the, the um, PBS system tries to assign a pilot to. 
up and down a little bit to try to get the average line value being there. That doesn't mean you don't get a line if you can't get there. The The floor of the ALV window, which is for us is ALV minus nine, as long as you meet or exceed ALV minus nine, you will get a line. Mm-hmm. Likewise, on the top end of the window, instead of it just being a hard 90 or 95 with a flex month, uh, you have it moving. So it's ALV plus seven. The point of the LV is the company can move the target around. I think they're mostly going to max it out. They're going to want the most out of it. So it's going to be up near the top at 84 hours. But if, for example, something like COVID happens again and there's a ton of excess capacity, they could move that down and sort of flatten things out a little bit. For a bid run pilot, the minimum monthly guarantee is ALV minus seven is the bottom of that window. A reserve is still at 75 hours, but a bid run pilot could be below 75 for their MMG. One really big change, noticeably anyways, I don't think it's a structural change too much, but uh, there's some more red days. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Durzen goes away and is replaced with this concept called the uh, minimum reserve number, the MRN. The problem with the Durzen, the way we had it, was that it was based on departures and it didn't allow for a lot of variability over the course of the month if departures change pretty radically. In a very, like a made-up fleet, we don't really have anything, but if there was five departures during the week, and then on the weekend there was 10 departures, it was really hard to capture that variability, I think, with the Durzen. So the company was very opposed to continuing with it because it led to lots of red days when they had staffing. There was plenty of reserves, it just the day was red which led to a lot of PPU. And as uh, I wrote the original PPU language in 2017, so I will, I will take a little bit of blame for this. It was not envisioned the way it turned out. It was really supposed to be for, uh-oh, we're short. We really need people to help out on this day. Let's incentivize people to come pick up. During COVID, we had on the 3.30 on the FOC, I know we had like 40 or 50 reserves every day, sometimes more than that, 60 reserves a day. And yet some of those days were red and they were having to pay PPU for those days. Also, there was some people that were flying their entire month of PPU. And bully for them for doing it. I mean, the the language was there to support it. They were totally able to do it. Nothing wrong with it at all. Mm -hmm. But it raised a very, if you'll excuse the pun, red flag (laughs) with the company. And I don't think we could have come away with a deal with them with PPU and its current incarnation in the contract. So moving to this uh, minimum reserve number, it's a two-step, actually a three-step process. The company decides how many reserves they want on every day during the month in a category. Mm-hmm. It is 100% up to them. It is not a mechanically derived based on departures or headcount or anything like that. It is the company says we want X reserves on Monday. We want X reserves on Tuesday. We want X plus four reserves on Wednesday and so forth and so it's on. For the whole month. For the entire month. So, so let's say they have five departures, but they say that day is a random Tuesday. We want two reserves. They can just arbitrarily. They could even say we have five departures. We want eight reserves. Sure. Which makes no sense, but they can do whatever right, they want. Right. It's fine. So that becomes the planned reserve number, the PRN, and that is published in the bid packet. So for each category, so for 330 FO, 321 Captain, 717 FO, whatever it is, all the categories will have, and they'll all be different, Mm -hmm. uh, the planned reserve number for every day in the month. They will run PBS. They'll run all the bid lines, all of that. They will then run the reserve lines, and PBS will do its best to meet the requirements of the PRN for each day. One or two things are going to happen. Either they're going to use a incredibly unrealistically high PRN number where 
to order to meet that, you'd need 60 reserves in the category, and we only have 40 reserves in the category. Or they'll use realistic PRN numbers, which I, I think they will. Right. And many days it will meet the PRN. Some days it might be one or two numbers underneath. Maybe a couple of days will be one or two numbers on top. So you'll get across the month, once they do all the math and everything like that, you'll have reserves assigned to every day. Then on every day that is not a holiday, you will subtract one for every 50 pilots from that actual assigned reserve or awarded reserve number. So let's use, let's just a made up category here. Well, you're in the 321. How many FOs are there now on the 321? It's like one, 100, 110. All right, let's call it 110. Sure. So that's per 50, that would be three. So okay. there's 50 to 100, then 150. It's like uh, flight, flight attendants. Flight attendants yeah. for the airplane, exactly. So huh. you go to the next one higher. So for the 321 FO, the, the magic number is three. Sure. So for every day, except named holidays that are in the contract, you will subtract three from the awarded number of reserves. Okay. So let's say on a Tuesday the 2nd, they wanted 15 reserves. They awarded uh, 14 reserves. You subtract three. So the MRN is 11. That's your now red day, quote unquote. That's your black day okay. because there are no more red days. Okay. So 11 is black. The day right. is black. How many? But you actually have 14 reserves on that day. Remember, we subtracted right. three from the order right. number. So you're plus three. So the day is three green. So okay. you, three people could drop three from that day. Three people can drop a day. And now the day is black again. Because of that, PPU obviously isn't a thing in that version of it because there's no red days. So how PPU lives on is the company can assign PPU to a grouping of their choice. They okay. can look ahead and say, uh-oh, we're going to be short. We need help on this day. They assign PPU to it. It's still 150%, so 50% additional pay. The one restriction they have is it can't be done inside of 72 hours. So 72 hours or greater. Yeah, from the report time. So outside of 72 hours, they can assign PPU to a grouping. It'll be done in Flicka. It's not, we tried this for a while. I think during the holidays, they, they did a sort of a demo of this two years ago. Uh -huh. um, it was by email. They'd email like, oh, tomorrow these groupings are going to be PPU. That's not really great because it's not very automated. So these groupings will appear in Flicka. They'll be somehow tagged, whether it's a different, like instead of H or I, it'll be some other letter or sure. all the groupings that There'll start with 7,000 numbers will be PPU. Right, I don't, right, I'm not right. sure how they're going to do it, but they'll be able to tag them in Flicka. So you'll see it in Flicka. And if you pick up that grouping, it's PPU. The reason for the 72 hour limit is we want them to plan ahead, mm -hmm. but also inside of 72 hours, that's going to go to recall. If they're short, They'll just recall. I guess that's a good segue into the um, OTSL, the replacement for the OTSL. Uh, because the OTSL in our current world runs once a day, and this new world is a rolling scheduling period, we needed to replace it. The idea is still there. There's an order that pilots get assigned to an uncovered grouping, but it's now more in real time throughout the day. So we have something called the unassigned flying assignment process, which is the UFAP. The order to the uh, unassigned flying assignment process is very similar to our current OTSL. Uh, one big change is that they can recall at any time now. Previously, or current world, I guess, the recall can only happen after the publication of the DFS. So it's basically inside of 24 hours. Right. Now they can recall. Late in the day, too. At yeah. All time. Well, like right up until 1630 or right whatever up until it is. departure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, now 
they can recall a week in advance. And they say, oh, we're going to be really short. I don't think anybody's going to pick up for PPU. We're just going to launch right into the recall process for next week. So the company, if it's, uh, I don't know, New Year's Eve, coming up on New Year's Eve, a week prior, they know that they're going to have a staffing issue. They'll start calling sure. when they identify it. Yep. And somebody will maybe take uh, recall for it. And mm-hmm. Then it's covered and it's or, off the books. Or it, because that, in that example, it's greater than 72 hours. They can put it up for PPU. Sure. They and can do that first. And no one bites go to recall yep. right away. They're not tied to publishing at a certain sure. time. The only, the only thing about the recall is once they start recalling it, they got to pull it from open time. Um, they can't double dip, you know, try and get somebody to pick it up for PPU oh, while see. they're recalling. Once it's declared recall, it's, it's recall. It's recall. 200%. That's, it. that's the only way to do it. it. Yep. So what about the PPU? Can they recall? No. If they put it on PPU? Nope. Once it's, something is once tagged it's on PPU, PPU it's it stays done. PPU. Um, and it just stays there all the way until they assign it to a reserve. Reserves do not get the PPU, but it, sure. it will maintain the tag until until they pull it out to assign to a reserve. Let's rapid fire a bunch of other scheduling uh, improvements here. What what else we got? We'll just uh, other fun them. stuff. Let's see. You can pick up on paper tech days now and double dip. So okay. if you're you got bought off a trip for IOE and sure. you want to grab something make else, some, can you pick up for PPU? Over? You could, or you oh. could take a recall if somebody call you for recall. So you that's could make three hundred percent over what you were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not over vacation days. Vacation okay. days are vacation days. Can't um, can't pick up with those. Although, but they could, in the recall process, cancel your vacation. Yes. They, that comes but that after. comes way down. It's way list. down the list. But yeah. they could. They could. Uh, if they can't get any recall, recall a trip removal, then they could go to uh, vacation. Vacation. Cancel. They offer you, hey, Ethan, we want this Oakland flight covered. Cancel your vacation. Not happening for Oakland. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who wouldn't want to fly to Oakland? Uh, I, I actually enjoyed flying to Oakland. You get to do the Bay Departure Tour. Yeah, so you can pick up a You cannot pick up our vacation. However, now we can sell our vacation at the end of the year. You just have to take your one-week minimum. So you could drop all your vacation, then just sell it at the end of the year uh, and kind of so effectively do the same yeah. thing. And then you have those days off, and you can sure. pick up whatever you want on them. Um, other fun improvements, um, out of domicile reassignments been greatly simplified. We had all these different theaters. It was a trigger of 16 hours or 24 hours. Everything's an 18 hour trigger. Now, if you are later than 18 hours because of a reassignment, uh, you're eligible for reassignment pay, uh, related to that, uh, dirt D pay has gone away. It was this computation where you had to decide how many hours past the footprint you got home and it had a 12 hour look back trigger. And We've gone to uh, loss of day off pay, loto pay. So if you have a day off affected, you get four hours. So if you're uh, meant to land in Honolulu Monday at 10.30 p.m., but you end up landing in Honolulu at 1 a.m. on Tuesday, one hour into the next day, if you are scheduled to be off, that's a four-hour. That's four hours of pay, yeah. Uh, No no credit. credit, uh, Excuse me. Four hours, pay no credit. Exactly. That's way better than Dirt D, where you start to lose out on that maybe from the current world is right. uh, if you were scheduled in at 10 p.m. and you end up landing at uh, 10 p.m. the next night. Uh, although now, yeah, that's a delay. So if you end up landing at 10 p.m. the next night, it might have been a little bit more with Dirt D because uh, sure. you're still only getting the four hours. But um, it's just a simplification. Kind of just balances out in the end. I think it, if it's, you it's, bite into your day off, you get the extra credit. Exactly. What else you got? Um, D- because the DFS is gone, no more stalker sheets, unfortunately. For- so I can't figure out who's calling me on the radio anymore. No, I don't have to disguise I, my voice anymore. I say, I, hey, Sean. I pull that up every trip, and I'm I, like, who's I, flying? I did used to do that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so no more of that. It'll be a look back. So the day after the operations, you'll get a printout. Everyone will get a printout of all the flights that operated the day before, 
the block times. So you can actually check that the times were correct, um, who operated them, the crew, and how they got there, whether it was part of their bid, whether it was a um, reassignment, whether it was a reserve, things like that. So you can sort of check and see how the operation unfolded that is way. Is the recall list sticking around, or is that... That'll be part place. of it. It'll be the same okay. thing because you look and see and you say, see oh, this person was, was flying staff. because of recall. Okay. So you could just scroll down. So and those find. of those of you keeping track of the recalls, you look through the, the master. What is it? Look back list? Uh, day what prior a, list day is prior how it's worded in the contract. Okay. Um, they're basically saying it's come a... come up with a cool acronym for that. Uh, we can only do so many of those. We, <laughs> we have to save them. What's your favorite improvement within the scheduling realm? I think the this is more the idea that it's a rolling thing now, that everything is based off the report time. So it's not like, oh, sorry, you're trying to pick up this grouping one minute after 9 a.m. You yeah. can't do it anymore. Uh, same thing. And we didn't talk about it. I'll, <laughs> but one more thing. I pull yeah. Steve Jobs here. Um, this, the sick well call. So calling in well from being out on sick. Currently, if you don't call in well by 9 a.m., you're out for the next day. Like anything right. start the next day, you're done. Uh, it's moved to 16 hours. R minus 16 now. So it gives you a little bit more flexibility and waiting a bit and saying, well, maybe I'll feel better in eight hours. I'll be feeling better and I can see for my, for my trip the next day. Uh, so I think that whole idea that everything's just based on a rolling clock. So Ethan, you've uh, got a bunch of road shows and all pilot calls with the NC, but let's say uh, our, our pilots still have questions about the new scheduling language. What's the best way they can get it answered? There's a, uh, a new DART category created, Contract 2023, I think is what it's going to be called or is called. Uh, so send a DART that way. Uh, the NC will check it out. And we do realize a lot of things are big changes, and uh, we're going to need to do a really good job of education so everybody feels comfortable with what the changes are when they make their vote. Not everybody's going to love everything, and that's fine. You don't have to like absolutely everything. You just have to like enough that you feel comfortable voting on it. Uh, I think there's stuff in here for everybody, though, and that's the really important thing that reserves, line holders, junior, senior, you're all going to see some levels of improvement to the scheduling processes and how much flexibility it has. If you want to fly a ton and credit a ton, great, do it. Well, thanks for dropping in, Ethan. If you have any questions, you send uh, Ethan a, a dart at uh, contract 2023 or the negotiating uh, committee options on dart. If you have a question for us, email howcommunications at alpha.org or drop a uh, dart in the communications section. I'm First Officer Sean Lee, Block 4 Rep of the Hawaiian Airlines MEC. Uh, this podcast is produced here in uh, Honolulu, Hawaii, and we'll see you all next month. Aloha.